adjusting to the reality that variable rate nitrogen application is good for the crop and good for the ground. A few weeks or months ago, we recorded an episode about verifying and confirming that indeed variable rate nitrogen application is what you need to do for bigger results, bigger yields. And Kelly and Mike learned this the hard way. We're going to recap that real quickly. And then we're going to tell you what we really learned. We saw it from the yield monitor, but now we're seeing it in the soil. And after all, everything begins and ends in agriculture with the soil. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. More than just a podcast, it's the place for insights you can apply immediately to your farm operation for increased success. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Ag Explore. With innovative products that improve fertilizer efficiency, protect yield, and reduce stress, Ag Explore helps maximize field potential. Find out how Ag Explore can help you get more out of your crop at agexplore.com. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. It's me, Damian Mason, and I'm joined by Extreme Ag founder Kelly Garrett and his right-hand man, somewhat of his Spock. That's right. <laughs> Kelly is the Captain Kirk of the Enterprise and his unemotional, logic-laden sidekick and assistant, Mike Evans. He's Mike Evans is an agronomist. He is a... Uh, I'm an employee there of Garrett Land and Cattle, but he also runs Integrated Ag Solutions. Evans has been on a lot of uh, episodes. If you want to go and watch some of them, the one I encourage you to watch, if you have not seen it, is the one that's the precursor to this one. So recap on what you did and what you learned from it. Evans, you uh, you made a recipe up out of necessity because you wanted to keep on uh, farming, and it turns out it had some negative repercussions. So tell us what you did. Uh Standard practice with Kelly's farm is we vibrate the anhydrous um, or vibrate the nitrogen. And uh, we do that based off yield data, zoning the yield maps over time, over history, and creating our zones and rates off that. Well, last fall, about this time of year, we started putting hydrous on and we had a new brand new tractor to Kelly's operation. And we had some glitches with it, which is typical in agriculture. We fought it for a few days. But we also wanted to get stuff done because we had, I don't know what we have, 4,000 acres of hydrous or something like that to get done. So we had to get going and uh, we decided to flat rate those until John Deere could get out here and fix the monitor. So uh, we flat rated a few fields and uh, it showed up this summer. And so the thing is, many farming operations don't variable rate apply nitrogen. And I don't know what the percentages or breakout but you have for standard practice for how many years kelly done variable rate on your in application 2015 was the first year all right so you're in your seventh year of saying yes this is standard practice because you saw improvements starting in 2015 when you said let's not do flat rate let's do variable rate and and it's stuck because it worked absolutely by variable rating the nitrogen the crop is less variable you we evened out the crop you guys told me that you just based on the yield monitor, it looked like you lost 12 to 15% of, uh, of yield by going with flat rate versus your variable rate. Is that now that we've gotten a few months away from, or we're into the harvest, is that going to be an accurate number still? Yes, that's, that's an accurate number. You know, it's really hard to pin down, but based upon the yield of the, field that we flat rated versus the next field that we variable rated 
they're right next to each other, similar soil type, similar variability, 12 to 15% is the number I'm sticking with. Mike Evans, here's the thing that in our last recording about this topic, and then we're going to get into the proof is in the soil, uh, kind of the proof is in the pudding thing. It's not that you didn't put any nitrogen on. In fact, it's not that you didn't put adequate amounts on. It's that you put the wrong amount in both places. You put too little where you needed more. You put too much where you needed less. You did uh, normal application for you is 140 to 240 pounds of in. And tell me how that normally works versus what you did this time, Mike. Uh, historically in the better yielding places, we'll put, uh, less nitrogen because they'll, that, that area of the farm will cycle nitrogen, produce nitrogen from the soil naturally. And then all the way up to the two forties where that soil is less productive, um, has more struggles, uh, in cycling nitrogen. So that's how we typically, uh, run the recommendations. And this time to to get the field done but not done by a variable rate you did a flat rate of 180 uh 185 which is typically the average we run when we do the variable rate recs so so you put uh, you put more where you need, needed less and less where you needed more okay so we covered that and you saw a 12 to 15 percent yield reduction now it's done it's fall this is where you start looking at stuff you sent me a picture and right now if you are listening to this in your tractor or truck in your driver in your office i encourage you to go on the video and watch the video if you're listening to the audio watch the video because right now our producer will is putting up an image it is a paper plate with three different soils on the left top middle and bottom and three different soils on the right top middle and bottom for you that are listening, we can explain it. For you that are watching, it'll be easier to explain it because you've got the visual. What am I looking at, Mr. Evans? Uh, one of the sides, the darker soil is uh, what we call the bottom ground, the better yielding area. And uh, it is a 0 to 6, 6 to 12, and a 12 to 24 profile, basically, is what we, we did there. Now, Inch, the lighter, inch, in, inches it, down. Inches yes, down yep. with the soil probes. Yep. Zero to so six, six to 12, 12 to 24. Okay. So we're going to two foot look at the soil. Basically, the majority of the root zone is what we're trying to get, what we're looking at. And then we did that on the lighter side, the more aggregate side is on the, it's probably 200 yards away from where I pulled this up, about 60 feet in the air up on a rocky slope. Okay. So worst ground on the right hand side of the dinner plate, as you look at it, the right hand side of this plate, as I'm looking at it, top middle bottom it's still the same thing zero to six six to twelve and twelve to twenty four inches in the profile and yep. so that's worse ground it's had historically eroded and it doesn't have nutrients in it etc right so one might look at this and say well what the hell difference does it make i guess it's a soil sample your better ground looks better on the left and got more organic matter it's got more color and your stuff on the right is lighter and looks like it's a lighter worse soil so why why does this picture illustrate something to me about variable rate application kelly you know that darker soil is what we all picture in our minds is that the good iowa earth the good iowa soil looks like and the soil on the right obviously doesn't look that attractive yep. but the challenge the challenge what we're trying to do with intensive management you know or extreme ag type management what really determines intensive management the challenge is to amend that poor area. The number one challenge is to amend the poor area 
to make it productive. And, and to do that, we need to incorporate the variable rate technology. And as Mike said, the overall average uh, of anhydrous applied on this field was 180 or 185, which is a pretty standard rate if you were just going to blanket rate it. But instead of managing by the field and put a blanket rate of 180 on, we're going to variable rate it and we're going to put less on the high yielding areas and more on the low yielding areas because, again, that soil isn't producing its own. And we feel we get a 15, 12 to 15 percent yield gain by doing that. So it's very much worth your time because you're not spending any money, right? You're still putting on the same average 180 pounds, 185 pounds. It's just it's this is a great area to illustrate an ROI because it's just a it's just a management practice. There's no there's no investment here. You know, I guess you could say that uh, I guess you could say that you have some investment in some technology, but most tractors today yeah. possess this technology coming out. And so priority number one is to amend that low yielding area and bring up the productive uh, the productivity of it, which, again, if you average over the whole field, it's 12 to 15 percent. Priority number two is to see what do we really need in that low yielding area. And I'll tell you that upon further research and things like that, not all of it we're ready to share yet because we don't have solid data. But we have, I'll tell you, we turned down the high yielding area from 140 to 80 in the bean stubble. We feel that we can go lower. Yeah. We feel that we're balancing the soil better by going low, lower and incorporating other products that will that will still help. And we think we can produce produce even better yields. Mike, when I when I pull up this picture and I want Will to put it back in here again um, for the person that does want to go and see the video because you know it's illustrative of what we're talking about. The variable rate applications of nitrogen or any other input for that matter, does this does this picture get better five years from now or does it look the same? Or does it, you know what I'm saying? In other words, by by doing what you're doing, does this soil because we're in this for the long haul, right? I mean, this is this field might have been Kelly's grandpa's field. Um, are we making it better? Does variable rate make it better for the long haul? I know it's one thing to talk about return on investment, getting your biggest bang for your buck, intensive management, extreme ag style management, et cetera. But let's also talk about the legacy. Does this does variable rate make that picture better 10 years from now? Are you talking about the soil structure changing yeah. that? So yep. you're, that's, you know... No, I mean, you ain't going to change that over five years with what we're doing. Ten, managing yeah, does, it, does it change? Okay, you've been at it for seven. You've been at it since 2015. In another seven, that's 14 years. Does, does it, does it, is it discernibly different from to the naked eye? No. I think you could, I think that you could increase the organic matter if you could increase the yield in that area. But no, I don't really think you're going to change it. That's just, you know, we're not going to outspend or, or push mother nature around. It is what it is. And we just have to figure out how to manage it. Yeah. The only time, the only time I've changed soil structure in the 15, 16 years that we've been doing this is cattle manure. And Kelly and I have had this discussion is the guys that have a lot of cattle manure at their disposal, they, you can change soil structure, but that's not everybody. No, that, that's a small sector of the group that can do that. And then, and it take that to even takes time. That takes multiple applications over years to change that soil structure. Well, and that's the thing, I guess. Uh, I, I remember I said that I sat in a meeting once where the speaker said it's impossible to increase organic matter in our lifetime and your soil. And I said, that's just not true because you can do a lot of things that, and it's been proven. Does the variable rate 
help with breaking down the organic matter. I guess that's the other idea by doing the right thing. Cause then it, does it create a healthier soil and healthier soils then create porosity and, and those kinds of things. Do you think that it contributes to any of those issues? I believe that it does help because it, uh, it balances the soil. You know, we, uh, earlier this week, there was a film crew here for another product and the term healthy soil, uh, was brought up and they said, well, what is the definition of that? Well, to me now, three years into extreme ag or into extreme ag's third year, a healthy soil to me is a balanced soil because it, when you balance it, you're unlocking the potential. And by, by putting on the variable rate anhydrous, the variable rate nitrogen, and trying to really get it exactly where it needs to be, we're trying to balance the soil, trying to make it healthier, especially in the high yielding areas. Mm -hmm. We're trying to make it healthier to extract more of the, the elemental nitrogen that we can. Okay. Um, I got a question for you then. Do these soil samples, I mean, I could have seen that the soil was going to look like that from one thing to the next. If you'd have pulled them, since you're saying they're not looking different 15 years from now, if I'd have pulled them before you started doing variable rate, would those soil, would that plate of soil poles look any different in 2014 before you started doing this? I, I don't think so. No, not really. Not to the naked eye. I would tell you that there could be a little better nutrient value potentially in the lower yielding soil, but to the naked eye, no, they'll look the same. Is variable rate the uh, not only the way to go because you're seeing the yield thing? Is it also allow you to use less? Are you using less uh, nitrogen than if you? Because isn't the answer always it, throw more at it? You know, farmers love to throw more yeah. at it. Uh, just throw more out there. More is better. Uh, no. In the nitrogen area, we're actually using about the same typically. You know, again, I used to put on 180 pounds of blanket rate before I started doing this, and I'm still putting on 180 pounds. We're just managing, we're managing a much tighter data set. We're not managing by the field or managing by the acre. They're 60 by 60 blocks. You know, this year we, we changed it a little bit. It's a 60 by 60 block. I will tell you, though, that on our variable rate seeding rec, we do use less. You know, I, instead of blanket planting 32,000, we're variable rating between like 22 and 35,000 on the seed. And my average seeding rate this year is about 28,500. Uh, we blanket, we, we don't blanket rate even the beans anymore. Our seed beans are between 80 and 140. And my average seeding rate this year was 98,500 or it used to be 120. So there is an input savings on the seeding part, but on the nitrogen, it's a, it's a wash. Yeah. So variable variable has allowed you to use less seed in some places, but not necessarily on uh, on fertility. If you're the Spock and he's the Captain Kirk, give me an example this week where he was flying off the handle and probably going to jeopardize all the crew of the Enterprise, but you had to talk him off the ledge, Evans. Where did you have to keep him from wrecking the Enterprise this week? Uh, I don't know. Nothing this week. Nothing this week. He's nothing, in his John Deere. Thing. He's in his John Deere captain's chair, steering the USS Enterprise that is Garrett Landing Cattle, and he's and he's getting a little emotional. Yeah. And then you had to say, Jim, here's the situation, just like Spock did in the old Star Trek episodes. Nothing. No, nothing that I'm involved with him directly. <laughs> we haven't right, wrecked right. a truck or yeah. broken anything this week. It's been a good week. One thing we've been debating is getting back in an hydrogen this week. So. 
All right. So right now is the time of year. And that's the other thing that you do there that some place, some people do not. You do your nitrogen application via anhydrous right now, right? We're recording this in the fourth week of October. This is when you go out there and, and stick it in the ground. Any second thoughts on that variable rate or otherwise, do you think, you know, no. what? we should just wait until April to do this? No, I absolutely not. A lot of people like to wait till spring because they think it leaches out over the winter. We use a, a stabilizing agent to help with that. And when you're putting it on in the spring, it's at the expense of your soil biology. And hydrous to a lot of people is not a good form of nitrogen mm -hmm. because it damages soil biology, which is true. But it damages soil biology in that diameter, that radius, whatever you want to call it around the application zone. And then if we, if we do it in the fall, it allows that biology to heal and replicate into those areas that were damaged in the spring. If you'll put the anhydrous on in the spring, it damages it, doesn't have time to heal. And it, you, there's the definition of an unhealthy soil. And there is a yield penalty to, for me, there's a yield penalty to spring applied anhydrous. And the reason is, is you damage the soil biology. I absolutely want to do whatever I can to get it on in the fall we typically run three combines, Damien, as you know, we shut one off, got another bar so we could run two anhydrous bars with the manpower we've got. That's the level. Of, our harvest is going good. The weather looks good. We shut down one combine to put my son, Vern. We took him, we took Vern out of the combine, put him in the anhydrous bar to run two bars to get it done. Well, about the people that are around me, uh, two point question that uh, they go out there and put their anhydrous on when a corn's uh, 12 to 18 inches tall, uh, side dressing, right? Absolutely. That's great. We just can't do that. The only thing is, because right, you say you talk about iron blight, you end up damaging mm -hmm. too much stuff. But wouldn't that mess up the soil biology? You're talking about doing that in June. And isn't that going to also mess up the soil biology of all things? You know, that's an interesting perspective I've never thought of. I, I've never done it, so I can't say. I, you, you would think that it would, yes. I, uh, I, would, potentially, I would guess that maybe a, a liquid nitrogen would be a better choice at that time, but I I can't comment on that because I've never I've never tried. Evans, uh, you're the you're the uh, agronomist uh, and and Mr. Spock in this operation. So uh, what would you? T My neighbors out here that are putting in hydrous on in June when the corn's uh, you know side dressing it, um, they're gonna say, wait a minute, you tell me I'm wrong. Are they wrong? Are they messing up their biology? Are they doing it the wrong time? Should they just go ahead and start doing fall applications like you? Well, there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, there's sometimes it's just uh if you were really spock, if you were really spock, you would have said, Yes, they're wrong because I'm not emotional. I don't care if I offend people, because Spock offended people by being very straight. You just didn't do that. You know what? You're losing your spock game here. Come on, Evans. It's all right. Well, there's a lot of variables that go into nitrogen application. So a lot of things operationally, like some people can't get it. So that's why they put it on spring or summer and it's a cheaper form versus other forms. So it depends on your market area and what you have available to you. We have a lot of forms available to us in this area. Certain geographies don't have that availability of nitrous and some that's all they got is what they have. So you, you got to work with what you got too. And economics come into it as well. So I think it does hurt biology, but if that's your only option, I, that's what you got to do. Next question for the people that side dress it and do it in June in my part of the world. It might be some other time based on where you are geographically, climatologically. They're putting it on when their corn is six to 14 inches tall, let's say. Should they variable rate that? Or is it a different deal because the corn's already growing? Should they no, variable I, rate their nitrogen even if, if they're doing they're, it when the corn's already up in the spring? Yeah, if, they're, 
if they're side dressing, I mean, there's probably some limits on rates that you would in season. You want to want to get too high because you'd burn burn quite a bit. But I I would very much look at variable rating and in season. Absolutely, we've done I've done a lot of variable rating, top dressing, side dressing with liquid and and uh, dry products. So I, they would apply to this as well. Got it. Final thoughts on this. You looked at the soil. We we had uh, will put the soil up here. And and uh, you're going to continue to do that. Is there anything that surprises you? Anything that you're struck by, other than the fact that you're convinced you're going to continue to do variable rate? Is there anything else that you discovered with this experiment? Well, to uh, to play on your Star Trek theme, the soil is the final frontier, and uh, we know so little about it. I, I think we've learned a lot this summer, and uh, it it never ceases to amaze me. And the, the more I learn, the more I want to know, because it uh, we're going in the right direction with our research. Uh, Al Toops, a friend of mine that's in the biological space, he told me that the, the soil is where the secret lies yeah. and that the plant is secondary. If we can figure out how to deal with the soil and handle the soil and treat the soil, the plant itself is secondary. And it, it, speaks, to, it speaks to the saying I heard a speaker one day say, the biggest yield limiting factor on your farm is probably you and you've got to be man enough to be able to handle that and understand it. And that I tell you what, it's true here. I'm the biggest yielding factor on this farm because of the mistakes I made and the things I haven't learned yet. Evans. Wait, don't, no, no. I wasn't saying to agree with him. I'm saying, well, what's your final thing or final takeaway on this? Something that surprised you about this. You didn't think you were doing anything wrong when you flat rated it. And frankly, you already said that the soil samples don't look all that different, all that surprising to you. But is there anything that did surprise you about this? Well, when we did it, you know, we knew it wasn't what we wanted to do. And we knew there's a chance there was to be a penalty. We didn't probably grasp it as much as what we saw this fall. So yeah, there's that. And then I think it's allowed us to look deeper. You know, we started questioning ourselves what time. I mean, we had a phone call late July when we started really seeing the issues in the field where we did this and got us, spurred us on to why, what, and where, and what's going on. So, you know, if everything was hunky-dory, we would have just combined, looked at the yield data, moved on. Now we're sampling 6 to 12. You know, we're going deeper in the soil to see because the roots go deeper. So typically a lot of people are in that zero to six, but we're looking deeper just to see the profile of the soil and see what else we got going on. So I, it's, right. it's spurred us to really question what we're doing and look right. deeper. Into it. Is there anything that you would think, uh, I'm sure let's say when uh, we went from planting soybeans and wide rows to using the drill, and then we say, why would I ever go back? Well, then we changed it and we went back at least to 15 inches. I mean, we've done some, we've done some reversals. Is there anything that you're going to reverse? Is there any reason you see yourself reversing variable rate nutrient application down the road? Other, no. than, other, than, other than the tech, the equipment is broken, you have to. Right. No, there's not. And the reason is the soils are so variable here with the elevation change, things like that. I would tell you there's a chance that maybe someday we don't use anhydrous because we find we find a form of nitrogen that is affordable and that we logistically can get it on and it doesn't damage soil biology. And we you know, we've tried a few things. We keep coming back to anhydrous because uh, financially yield wise, we can't beat it. But the variable rate, I think we won't go away from that. I think we'll incorporate it more and more and we'll even get tighter and tighter 
to um, extract all the savings we can from the input dollars, plus improve the yield as much as possible by putting the nutrients where they need to be. Evans, we all leave it there. You got anything for me on the way out the door? You look like you're getting ready to say something. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, I think this will help us refine our recommendations and use the soil data that we're generating to make better recs. And who knows, maybe someday we're 80 to 160 instead of 240, you know, whatever that right. is. And then there's some savings costs that jump into there. So it it's building on this data set where we've explored down and, and keep going and see where we end up. Last question, since we're talking about the spinal frontier and all that, does your old man, Gene, does Gene Garrett come out and, and realize the technology and having the knowledge and uh, the trials like you and Evans are doing, does he marvel at this? Because in the old days, you'd have flat rated it, you'd have thrown, the, you'd have thrown more nitrogen out there than you needed, and you'd have gotten less yield. Does he marvel at what we've been able to do just in the last two, two um, what, 20 years, really? Yeah. Just since 015, he, but certainly in the last 10 to 15, 20 years. You know, his, his passion really lies with the cattle, but uh, he's pretty observant and he'll, you know, he'll be in his pickup driving around and he'll, he'll see something in the field and he'll ask about it. And we'll, then we'll talk about, you know, why we did what we did. And yeah, he, uh, he's very much on board with the things, the things that we're doing and going on. And he, uh, you know, he could see the variability in this field. And that's, that's what we saw in July, the, the, the bottom end, the bottom end of the field started to really separate itself in a negative way. And we talked about why that was happening versus the other far farms. You know, you get up on a hill here and you know how much you can see. Yeah. And, um, and, and we talked about that because he noticed it when we did and we're like, well, that's the field we flat rated and uh, we ran out of juice there. Yeah. And by the way, Evans, when he says his father's observant, is that a kind way of saying Snoopy, almost nosy kind of getting in your business? Is that really <laughs> what we're talking about? No, he's just, Paying attention. I always he, say it's paying attention. Yeah. He's so paying attention. Interesting thing. He he noticed he noticed from the truck seat, uh, from the truck window, yep. what you guys did, and went from one field to the next. And that's right there the testament to why you'll continue to why you should variable rate your nutrient applications. Yeah, so. you know, uh, with the variable rate that we do, we're used to driving around, and the whole field is green, and it doesn't really it doesn't die off as early. You know, you get around Labor Day things like that a blanket rated field uh, in a tough year, like we just had this year with the drought, yeah. it'll start to die off. Well, you know, we haven't had a dry year since 2013 mm -hmm. and we've been variable rating since 2015. We didn't realize, or we didn't remember what that looked like. Now, all of a sudden this year, this field that we blanket rated, it did it. And we're like, and it's not just right here, West of the shop a mile or so. So we drive by it a lot yeah. and we're like, Whoa, what's that? You know? And, and it uh, revalidated. It was a slap in the face, a 15% slap in the face as this is why you do what you do. And and as we say, 15%, there's been plenty of years where 15% was your margin. Uh, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, that's, that's you know, it could be 30 bushels of corn on 200 acre yield. And that's, that you at, at six bucks, that's 108, but that's nothing to sneeze at. You know, that's, that's a hell of a margin and you're missing it. On 4,000 acres of corn this year, we'll have to see how it comes in. But I think that will be a, 210 overall yield it looks like to me and this yeah, is a average. this field your average is going to be 210 so in that in that field did this like one, field 170 <laughs> yeah right you know and and this was and this was a rotated field this wasn't even a corn on corn field sure. a lot of our rotated fields are making 225 230 and this field made 170 now it was an earlier number of corn yeah. you know planted earlier things like that so there's some other variables 
there's some other variables, but the truth is we might also be being generous when we say it was only a 12 to 15% hit because of the, the very flat versus variable rate on your in application. Absolutely. 12 to 15% could be a conservative number. Could be, but, but you know, it's impossible to know, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that we can say at least 15%. Yes. All right. You getting the last word, uh, Mr. Spock. He said it the best. Anyway, Kelly Garrett, Mike Evans. This was the follow-up. I encourage you to go and watch the first one we talked about confirming and verifying that variable rate uh, in application is the way to go because it makes you money, makes you yield. And it's now, as we proved in this episode, better for the soil. Till next time, thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Till next time, it's Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. Thanks for listening to another edition of Cutting the Curve. For more information that you can apply to your farm operation, visit extremeag.farm. Are your crops stressed out? Ag Explorer has you covered with a full line of products to help protect your crop from environmental stressors such as cold and wet or heat and drought. Check out agexplorer.com and start protecting your yields and profits.